Alright, that looks better now. That yeah. looks a little more, more normal. And I, I look more normal, and you look more normal. Hey, it's the very not normal Media Boat Podcast. Oh, we are so normal. We are not normal at all. In fact, we're amazing because we are your source every week for news about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order, but some order of those things. Uh, yeah, uh, this is, uh, Matt talking. This is Mike sitting next to me. Hello. I am right here. We are the Media Boat Podcast. Yeah. Uh, this is episode 192. Yeah, three? Uh, this is, and it's September 11th. Uh, never forget this podcast. Uh, 2019. Um, and yeah, uh, let's get rolling right into it. No need to dawdle. We have some stuff to talk about. Yeah, we have quite a bit to talk about. We are going to jump right into it as we've got lots of thoughts and lots of news and not a lot of time so let's get right into <laughs> it all true uh, we always start with movies and we always start the movie section with the weekend box office numbers yes so last week your big release is also your number one movie this week makes sense this hey that makes sense actually happens and in this case that was it colon chapter two I don't think there's a colon. I think it's just it chapter I two. I want there to be a colon there because it's like every time I saw it written online today, I was like, I was, it's, I was it was a struggle to see what it said because just reading it really quickly, yeah. it means nothing. Like it chapter two, and I was like, what what chapter two? And I would have to like focus and where's like, the it? Oh, that's right, the movie it. What is the it referring two. to? It the movie yes. chapter two. I want there to be a colon so the way it's easier to parse. It TM. Yeah. It trademark. No, no. The movie. Not trademark. Or trademark. <laughs> but yeah, TM. Anyway, and Chapter 2 is your number one movie with a $91 million debut. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying it like that because that's pretty high considering the recent debuts we've had. Yes, considering last, last week was $20 million for number one. So yeah, that's a pretty strong show uh, that that franchise is something people care about. Uh, unfortunately... It's kind of the end of the franchise? Well, for now. They they will figure out a way <laughs> to I'm make sure, it It Chapter 3. It I mean, even you, though Stephen King has not written It Chapter 3. I'm saying they will figure it out. Uh, but yeah, uh, you'll talk about that in a moment here because you did see It Chapter 2. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, let's break down the rest of the top five. What else is in the top five? Number two, hopping down from the top spot it had two weeks in a row, Angel Has Fallen another 5.9 million dollars that's ending at 53 million kind of so so for a blockbuster but quote unquote blockbuster uh, dwindling days of summer is what you're gonna see from here on out and the dwindling career of Gerard Butler (laughs) Uh, number three good boys with another 5.4 million dollars that thing's got legs for a comedy Uh, Uh, 66 million dollars that's you know that is a profit yeah. That turns a profit. Speaking of legs, though, furry lion legs. The Lion King as uh, your number four movie. Still $4.3 million adding to its giant pile of money. $529 million domestic. Right. And we stress that these are domestic numbers. Yes. As we don't include international where it is, you know, yeah. destroyed yeah. everywhere. And then right But ruled, ruled the box office? Yeah, ruled. Yeah. But the kings do that. Yes. A and Lion then, King uh, does wrapping that. up the top five, Hobbs and Shaw, number three point, uh, another three point eight million dollars, one sixty four. 
domestic. That thing is falling hard. It's not. It is sinking yeah. like a rock. <laughs> like a bee. Like the rock. No, the rock doesn't sink. Yeah, the sticky floats. Yes. That's true. All right. Well, speaking of floating, we all float down here. Yeah, so you saw It Chapter 2. Now, you liked It. I remember when you talked about that on the podcast here. Yes, It uh, Chapter 1, I guess. Yes, <laughs> retroactively. Uh, it uh, Chapter 1, the movie. You enjoyed it. Yeah, it came out two years ago. I remember coming out of it saying, I don't like horror movies, but I like this film. Right. And I liked what it did. I liked everything it, like... All the cinematography, all the jump scares, everything about the film, I liked. Well, Warner Brothers liked it too, because it brought in a bunch of money. And so, they decided to up the budget for it, and it clearly shows. Uh-huh. Uh, but, not necessarily in a good way, though. Uh, while, yes, this is the sequel, this is up the budget, this also means that they were able to get actual named actors attached to this thing to play the grown-up versions of the children. And I kind of want to say that may be a detriment to the actual film itself. Because oh. when you hire someone like James McAvoy to be in your film, James McAvoy is going to be the center point of said film. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you... It's distracting. It is super distracting. From, from, from what you said was the one of the strengths of the film. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. The strength of the first movie was these are all kid actors. Aside from the Wolf Gardner kid from Stranger Things, everyone else was pretty much unknown. Right. And you're like focused in on the horror aspect of the film, whereas here it turned more into like a blockbuster that you're kind of focusing on the actors. And do you think? Um, and not necessarily like the horror aspect of it. Do you think that that makes sense from like? plot-wise from where the first movie left off? Or do you think this was, oh man, the producers realized that how well the first movie did and wanted to cash in a little bit more uh, to make sure that people came back to see this? It's movie. a way to cash in. Okay. Uh, because not only did they cash in on the adult actors, uh, getting Jessica Chastain as well, Yeah. Uh, but they also cashed in on the kids to bring them back into the film. To shoot some uh, flashback scenes that weren't a part of the original film, but as a way to to force these kids to be a part of it, chapter two, when you kind of don't really need the flashback parts, like yeah, they kind of help, but for the most part, they're there in this, in a way that this could easily be explained when they were adults as well, but because everyone from Everyone liked the kids from It Chapter 1. They wanted to make sure that those kids also had a pretty prominent role in It Chapter 2. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, aside from just recognizing faces being super distracting, I liked this film. Okay. I enjoyed my time uh, watching this. I liked the jump scares they had. I liked the way that they... Fast forward, everyone. Uh, the casting is pretty on point in terms of what they would look like being grown up. I do think James McAvoy's character is a bit off because he has such a distinct face that it's like, yeah, you think he's really going to grow up to turn into James McAvoy? 
I don't think so. But he does a good job for being the being the main character, being the lead character, taking that Professor X acting lessons and being the one everyone rallies behind and rallies around. Uh, but the surprise actor I really liked in this film, which is not a surprise to me because I've been following his career since he was on, on SNL, uh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader's in this. Bill Hader's in this. Okay. Bill Hader's in this, and he is fantastic. He's been making the rounds, uh, going around to all the talk shows, not only for this, but also because Barry's nominated for 27 Emmys. That's too many. Well, okay, Bill Hader himself, because he has both <laughs> Barry and Documentary Now that he's a part right, of. Right, yeah. And so combined... 27. 27 between the two. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Bill Hader, you know, Emmy nominated. I think he won, actually, too. <laughs> Emmy winner Bill Hader? I'd like to say Emmy winner Bill Hader. Or future Emmy winner Bill Hader. Yeah, who knows? We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. But no, (laughs) Bill Hader was really good in this. I liked it every time he was on screen. Um, Some of the screenwriting plot points was a bit iffy because you got everyone together and then immediately the first thing you do is you got to tear them apart. Uh, in classic horror horror storytelling fashion you can't have the group stick together everyone has to split apart of everyone course. has to go their own directions because you, you to gotta go get way. and you can go your own way <laughs> just not in the middle of a horror film especially when you know that it is a horror film it's like rule number one yeah. what did uh, Cabin in the Woods tell us? Right. nobody splits apart right <laughs> uh, but yeah they I they purposely contrive everyone to go to their like find their own tokens. So they purposely split up the group just so they can purposely have flashbacks yeah. and see how their flashbacks when they were a kid are still haunting them even as an adult. And while yes, that is kind of good storytelling, I'll give them a wink and a nod and a thumbs up for it. <laughs> it also made it feel like they purposely had to like shoehorn this kind of stuff in yeah. in order to you had to. Suspend your disbelief for their thing to work. Yeah, in order because to they do would that. never actually choose to do that if this was real. Right. Yeah. In order, in order to get that parallel of the kids versus adults going, <laughs> yeah. on, I was like, okay, yeah, I got that from the first film. Yeah. But you know, if you didn't see the first film, then why are you seeing the second one? Is what <laughs> I would ask. But that's beside the point. But overall, you liked it. Overall, I liked it. You can definitely tell they up the budget here. Also, this is pretty much a faithful adaptation as, as you know, Stephen King films, or Stephen King books, towards the end, get a little bit out there, get a little bit, you know, loopy and doopy and <laughs> a little bit just like chaotic. It's like, oh, uh, now we're going to add some supernatural elements because why not? Because sure. Stephen King. Yeah. Well, that's here in full form. And Clown Spiders is all I have to say about that. Um, okay. Yeah. That sounds terrifying. It is terrifying. Alright. But also kind of goofy, but also kind of terrifying. Sounds about right. So Clown Spiders is a thing. Also, (laughs) in this film, Stephen King has a great cameo in it where he talks to his character, who's also a writer, and he's like, I didn't like your ending. A lot of people don't like your ending. Maybe you should change your ending. And then... Almost as if he's talking to the to like his critics. The response was basically, 
well, I don't really care what they think. Nah. People buy my stuff. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'll see what you did there. On the audience that showed up to see his movie. Yes. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, no, that was a really good uh, Stephen King wink and a nod and a thumbs up for that. Uh, but uh, it chapter two, really well done. Um, definitely go see it. You, I don't think you'll be as scared as you were watching the first one because kids being genuinely scared on screen is something that is terrifying compared to adults who are yeah. are genuinely scared on screen. Right. I think because life experiences and you know better or you should know better. You're a goddamn adult. Also, that natural parental instinct kicks in. You're like, I need to protect them! Yes. Those babies! My kids! Yeah. Yes. So. That, that as well. Alright, well, uh, so you give that the patented media vote? Uh, see it. See it. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you don't want to see It, uh, there are other movies out this weekend. Okay, so, uh, It hit $91 million this past weekend. Yes. Guarantee it's going to hit about $40 million on the second weekend. Yeah. Will anything dethrone it? Probably not, because your two releases this week are not up to the caliber of It. First, we have The Goldfinch. Okay. Do you know what this is? Yes. This is a... Can <laughs> <laughs> you tell us? Yes, I was waiting for a response. All right. Callback. But no, this is a based off a best New York Times best-selling novel about a heist that happens when a kid is you know, really young, but then he ages 10 years, and the detectives are trying to um, solve said heist. And so they start interviewing the kid, who is also at said heist, and how the kid is somehow... Tied into the Golden Finch, which the Golden Finch is a painting. Goldfinch, not Golden Finch. Right. The Golden Stitch is a... <laughs> the Goldfinch is a painting that was stolen, and so it's kind of like a mystery novel of what happened to the Golden Finch told in the style of flashbacks and flash-forwards. Okay, well, if that doesn't sound interesting, Does what about not. a movie that has Jennifer Lopez and Cardi B in it? Wait. I like both of them. <laughs> on a record. Well, uh, what about a movie uh, called Hustlers, in which they are strippers? Wait, is this different from The Hustle that came out yes. this year? Different from The Hustle. This is Hustlers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. By um, the way, The Hustle also came out this year. Yeah, this is not The Hustle. <laughs> this is Hustlers. Uh, but, yeah, from what I understand, it takes place at a strip club. There's these girls. I don't know exactly what the setup is, but... Uh, neon lighting and Jennifer Lopez being a stripper yeah. with Nicki Minaj's big booty. Uh, or Cardi B's Cardi big B, booty. Not Nicki Minaj. Oh, um, Cardi B's in this thing? No, thank yes, you. Yes, Cardi B is in this. I'll pass. She um, ain't gonna take my money. <laughs> um, also, Lily Reinhardt is in this, uh, who is uh, Betty on Riverdale. <laughs> And you know this because... Because <laughs> I watch Riverdale. Thank you. We this on this podcast. <laughs> we always go over this anytime uh, we bring up Riverdale. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, so that's out this week as well. So one of those movies... Uh, or, yeah, you, you go see them, I guess. But they're not going to be it again. So uh, I don't see either of these I'll movies it being it. So it will roll over to being it number will. one. Yes, it will. All right. Let's roll over ourselves into movie news. All right. That... Uh, first up in movie news, uh, we have a story about one of my favorite file formats. I love TIFFs. 
Gotta love a dot .tiff, right? I'm more of a dot .jpeg myself. Yeah, dot .jpeg. I like a ping every once in a while. Now, are you a GIF or a JIF person? Oh, a GIF. It's graphical. Right. I don't care what the creator says. He's wrong. I know, right? Because the G stands for graphic. So it's graphical. GIF. Yeah, okay. GIF is a peanut butter. But TIFF uh, is also uh, shared with something else that's not a file format. TIFF is also the name, the acronym for the Toronto International Film Festival. Yes, America's Hat Film Festival. Yes. Tor- uh, Drake's Birthplace Film Festival. Yes, uh, Raptors uh, uh, Film Festival. <laughs> uh, Amazon and Netflix films, though, however, are not invited, unlike the Toronto Raptors. Okay, they're invited adjacent, <laughs> but it's on a technicality. Okay. So yes, they are officially barred from screening at the Toronto International Film Festival this year. Cineplex, the company behind Scotiabank Theatres, released a statement. I believe it's Scotiabank, like Nova Scotia. No, Nova Scotia. Don't you say it's Scotia? But no, it's Scotia. Like Mike Scotia? That's what I'm thinking. No, it's it, you don't pronounce it like Mike Scotia. Oh, okay. Nova Scotia, uh, Scotiabank Theatres <laughs> released a statement. Uh, quote. There are hundreds of fantastic films screening as part of this year's festival, and with all those options, we ask that our screens feature titles from studios who understand and appreciate the importance of the theatrical release model. The new policy has forced this festival to shift industry and press-only screenings for Amazon and Netflix title two blocks over to Bell Lightbox on King Street. Cineplex CEO Ellis Jacob is also chairman of the National Association of Theater Owners and has been a critic of its streaming model that allows token short runs in cinemas for their award season hopefuls before quickly shifting them to digital platforms. Basically, this is one of the guys that's in the anti-streaming coalition. Mm-hmm. Basically saying like, hey, no, they're not real because they don't play our game in the theaters. You know, I know Canada is pretty cold, so that was very yeah, cold. No, that was that was pretty icy. Uh, like how they were like they understand and appreciate the importance of the theater theatrical. I swear releases. it got darker here from all that shade oh, he was yeah, throwing. Right. Uh, but you no, know, yes, this guy is not only the CEO of one of the largest chains in Canada, but is also on the board. Yeah. For uh, for the movie industry. So yeah, uh, needless to say, uh, uh, he's got some skin in the game. He knows that hey, this allowing Amazon and Netflix to screen even if it's for two weeks, and sure, the Academy Awards will allow that for them and abide by their rules. But here in Toronto, we don't play that game. <laughs> we play by our own Canadian film industry rules. And seeing as this is our Toronto International Film Festival, we're gonna set our own standard. Kind of like how Kane set its own standard. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see uh, what other festivals choose to do kind of in the, 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 the path of this. And whether this will have an effect on award season. Because less festival uh, presentations of these uh, streaming films will mean less studios will want to make those theatrical deals. Mm-hmm. And so it's less likely that you're going to see... Uh, Amazon or Netflix films in award season because of that. So we'll see if this has a rippling effect. Well, we did note that in order to qualify for the Academy Awards, they have to be in theaters a minimum of two yes. weeks, either in L.A. or New York. Yeah, but deal-making has to happen for that to happen. Yes. So we'll see. 
or you know, they buy their own yeah, uh, or what is it, theater, studio, film complex, (laughs) something house. They buy a house, (laughs) they convert it to a theater, (laughs) show their movies in there. Backyard theater. Flawless point. Backyard theater. It's yeah, happening. It happens. In your backyard. Rent your backyard to <laughs> Netflix. That's a theater, right? Anyway, our second story here has to do with uh, a heist. Or uh, not a heist. A, uh, a, uh, a um, PSA? An opportunity for sleuthing, let's say. A detective opportunity, if you will. Uh, uh, cryptogram? <laughs> no, um, there's, there's something missing and people are trying to find it. It just so happens that the thing people are trying to find is a detective himself. Quite possibly the world's greatest detective? Quite possibly. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? No, not that one. Not Not that that detective? No, it's the older one. Much older. Sherlock Holmes. Ooh. So here's the deal. Robert Downey Jr. has teamed up with UCLA uh, in order to find out long-lost Sherlock Holmes silent films. Uh, the joint effort uh, is between UCLA Film School, TV Archive, and Baker Street Irregulars. Uh, Baker Street is, of course, the street yes. Sherlock Holmes lives on. Yes. Uh, and um, the, to discover the long-lost films from the silent era and beyond. More than 80% of American films from that era have been lost due to eroded prints, mislabeling, fires, and other causes. But you're aware that some may still be out there based on evidence of prints of long-lost films and will do their best to archive and preserve some of them. The, quote, Searching for Sherlock project (laughs) is being aided in its efforts by the Library of Congress and New York's Museum of Modern Art, plus several film archives and European historians. So, we wish them much luck to find the um, ancient um, uh, films. Yeah, uh, Sherlock Holmes is, of course... Like a very classic novel, so it would, or many, many, many classic, many classic novels. novels. Yeah. So it would stand to test that when film first came out, surely they adapted some of those books. Well, definitely, yeah. Either that, or they, you know, shot whatever play was going on featuring him. So there probably are records that these things existed. Yes. There are probably release records, but they don't actually have the reels anymore, and that's what they're trying to find. So, if they come knocking on your door to search your attic, um, hopefully they'll find some prints in there. So, all you film collectors out there, be on, on notice here. Right. More than just collectors of prop memorabilia, which we covered right. two weeks ago. Yeah. Actual filmed entertainment. Yes, actual saluting. Well, let's see. What, uh, we'll have to see yeah. what they find. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., by the way, is only involved in name and an honorary chair as because a part of this. Because he was Sherlock Holmes. Because he was Sherlock Holmes. Also, he made $55 million for <laughs> playing, not Sherlock Holmes, but um, <laughs> for playing uh, Marvel's uh, right. Robert Downey Jr. Marvel's Robert Downey Marvel's Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the movie. That's not the movie Anyways, I'm thinking of. <laughs> not yet, at least. No, but Robert Downey Jr. is currently filming Sherlock Holmes 3, yeah. though with Guy Ritchie uh, yep. attached to direct. Of course, because he did the first two. Yep, and right. contractually obligated to do the third. Yep, always. All right, well, that uh, is it for movie news, which means we get to move on to television! Oh, and then right. we start the television section with 
the sports corner. Well, first up in sports. What's going on in sports? Baseball still happening. Yes, uh, although it's uh, wrapping up uh, our playoffs. We are in, uh, coming up. We're in the final month of the baseball season. Yes. So if your team made the playoffs, you should probably already know right by now. Uh, the take. only team that I know of that has officially made the playoffs, <laughs> uh, at least they've clinched their yeah. division, are the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right here in uh, near near where we are right yep, now. Yep, right here uh, in good old L.A. So yeah, uh, congratulations to the Dodgers. Uh, the Angels, not so much. No. <laughs> I don't even know if they're in the hunt anymore. No, I don't think they can do it. Yep. However... A team who's definitely not in the playoff uh, uh, look right now is the are the Detroit Tigers because they are the first team to have lost 100 games in this season. Yes, uh, it is normal for teams to lose 100 games. Yeah. Uh, the record, for those of you who would like to know, is 120 lost or mm. games lost in an MLB season. Thanks. Uh, that was by the 1967 Mets. <laughs> because next year they won the World Series, the Amazing Mets. Wow. Well, but yeah, 67 Mets. Uh, with the record 120 losses, the Detroit Tigers could be still on that pace. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Also in sports, football has officially begun. The season is in da, full da, da, da. Bum, uh, bum, And bum, uh, bum. what you refer to as... The ongoing AB shit show. Yeah. Okay, what's going on? So, Antonio Brown. Yes. You know he was on Hard Docs. He's a part of the Raiders. Yes. He was a part of the Raiders. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. So, on Thursday, like, after we podcasted, Thursday, it was announced that he got into a fight with the GM, Mike Mayock, of the Raiders. So they took away his signing bonus. Oops. Um, AB said, hey, if you're going to take away my signing bonus, why don't you just trade me? I don't want to be on the team anymore. Release me. And so they called his bluff and they released him. (laughs) Only for Saturday to come to where AB was picked up by the New England Patriots. Oh, wow. The team he originally wanted to go to when he was back on the Steelers. But the Steelers didn't want to trade in division to the Patriots, so they sent him literally across country to the Raiders instead for picks. Wow. And so, yes, now Antonio Brown is a part of the Patriots. (laughs) Or so you'd think. Okay. Because yesterday news broke that uh, Antonio Brown is being accused of sexual assault Mm, uh, by his former trainer in 2017 and 2018. Yikes. Um, So, he may not be a part of the NFL, mm, or he may still longer. be, but seeing as he is currently a part of the Belichick offense, which Bill Belichick is a no-shits kind of coach, doesn't take crap from anybody, um, it'll be interesting to see how long he'll stay on as the Patriots, Yeah. but in the meantime, he is not even guaranteed to play this upcoming week. Yeah, especially not after that news. Yep. Uh, The NFL is looking into it, but it seems like we cannot go a week without Antonio Brown news. (laughs) No, clearly. No. (laughs) Um, Anything else notable going on in football? Football is happening. Set your uh, fantasy season lineups. Um, 
In quick injury news, Nick Foles is injured. Uh, so the Jaguars are currently playing with a Tom Brady S quarterback. And by that, I mean they are starting their sixth round pick. <laughs> uh, but there is good news as that guy um, recently won the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, ah. which goes to the best quarterback in college. Um, previous winners of the award include Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, both Baring brothers, and Matt Ryan. <laughs> well. Also, A.J. McCarron, uh, <laughs> and a couple other who didn't quite pan out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but can't win them all. No. Uh, Marcus Mariota, also one that didn't pan out. But he's still... <laughs> okay, yeah, you clearly... That's whoosh. I saw it go right over yeah, your head. Yeah, He's He's the current quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. For our audience, not for me. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, okay. Is it? That's it for football. Is uh, that it for news? Well, no, it's not. I was oh. I was make I was trying to get more football out of you because I know you wanted. Oh, you can always get more football out of me. <laughs> Anything else about football before I can move on to another sport? Um, no, but Sammy Sunday's everything now. All hail the Lizard King. I don't know what any of that means. I'm I moving know. on. <laughs> All right, uh, in other sports, uh, namely uh, tennis, I believe. Oh, yes, the U.S. Open happened. U.S. Open. Uh, Rafael Nadal won the men's singles, and Bianca Andreescu won women's singles. Yes, uh, she beat Serena. Serena lost in the finals, and she's also Canadian. Well, well, congratulations. Um, So, yeah, is that ongoing? Are there doubles to come? Uh, No, those those all ended on Sunday. Okay. Sunday was the finals for that. That's it. All right, well, we go from sports to sports because uh, our first uh, television story today is a sports story. So, as we were talking about college athletes and why I was yes. trying to, like, hint at <laughs> for the segue there. I know, but sorry. I, I, I forgot <laughs> about that. But, yes, um, NCAA athletes. So, yeah, uh, the big news uh, in this week uh, has to do with uh, possible television money going to college uh, uh athletes, but here only in the state of California, at least so far. The California Assembly passed a bill to allow college athletes to hire agents and be paid for the use of their name, image, or likeness. Uh, This, of course, follows years and years and years, decades probably, of controversy Mm -hmm. regarding uh, college uh, athletes and the fact that they are not paid for use of their image, promotional materials, or any of that stuff. They are seen as amateur athletes and thus are not compensated. They are also um, student athletes as well. Yeah. Uh, they are seen as part of the collegiate program. They yeah. are not paid. Yeah. They cannot be paid unless you're USC in 2006. <laughs> but we won't talk about that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> a little too close to home. Uh, but yeah... Um, uh, really, all you need to know about this is that, yeah, it's been a debate for a very long time. The system, the college system, the NCAA has been against it, uh, at least until recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been saying forever that they wanted to keep the amateur uh, like status of the players. 
meanwhile, the rest of the NCAA was getting more and more professional looking as the coaches were being paid millions of dollars. And yeah, there were some dealings, as you hinted at, uh, kind of behind behind closed doors mm-hmm. that involved money. Boosters were yeah. handing out money to kids, yeah. which are not a part of the program. So, but they are because they sponsor the program. The solution, uh, according to a lot of people, and I think including people on this very couch, was just pay them already. Oh, you think that? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> simple. I mean, anyway. Um, so yeah, the California Assembly has passed a bill uh, that would do just that. The move would stop universities and the NCAA from banning athletes who take money. The Assembly passed the bill 66-0, to zero, unanimous vote on Monday, with the California Senate making the final vote on the bill uh, by Friday. The NCAA has warned that the bill could mean California universities, including such heavy hitters like Stanford, USC, and UCLA, would be ineligible for national championships. Dun, dun, dun. The bill got an endorsement, though, from NBA superstar LeBron James a few years, a few years, a few days before it passed the assembly, though. So will will King James' endorsement be enough to convince them, or do you think that this is a death knell for uh, champions here in California? Yes, uh, King LeBron James, who famously went to no college and straight (laughs) into the NBA from high school. Yeah, but... uh, uh, but no, um, <laughs> this has been an ongoing thing yes, that this is exactly why there is no longer an NCAA football game. Yes, it's exactly for, why. Uh, for video games? Yes. EA was caught in this uh, minefield back in the mid-2000s and just decided to bail on it. And basically was like, all right, we're not dealing with the NCAA anymore. It's gotten too complicated and too controversial. And so, yeah, that's why there hasn't been a college game in a decade. <laughs> Right, but they go around that by having the uh, their single-player story in the Madden games yeah. feature college teams, but no mention of the players or the coaches or the well, staff or anything, yeah, even just the, old, the uniforms. Even the old college games had numbers, Yes, not, peop- not, uh, not names and not likenesses. Like, they oh, were no, just they generic had- people. They had they had default faces, but yeah. the default faces and skin tones were very similar to the yeah. actual players. So, so it's basically like this opens up a door potentially for other states to follow uh, their, with their own legislation, uh, depending on how people react, or namely the NCAA reacts to this if this passes. Right, while the NCAA claims to be a nonprofit. <laughs> Organization, yeah. all of their TV deals, all of their yes. basically anything related to the NCA, millions of dollars takes in millions of dollars. Yes, millions of dollars that the students see nothing of. So yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. But chances are this will pass the California Senate. I believe it will. It passed the California Assembly with no right. opposition. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm especially interested. In seeing if the NCAA follows suit and does ban them from championships, I would, I wouldn't say they ban them because the the uh, national selection committee is based also on the AP poll. But if a team is good enough, which right now neither of them are, yeah. But should a team from California be good enough, yeah. Then you'll see some hotly contested. Yeah, but USC has the, a renaissance next season. In the current <laughs> state that they're in, Not which is yet. California, 
they yes. they are not technically in the thought of national championship because yeah. they have to win the Pac-12, and right now that's being dominated by Oregon and Washington. Uh, I think Arizona won it one year, too. But, yeah, until they win the Pac-12, their division, they're not even going to be considered for the national championship. Bowl eligibility is completely different because that's where a lot of the colleges make money by sending their teams out um, and getting all that national sponsorship deals. But that goes, money goes to the school, not the players. And that's where where this whole thing has started, where the school makes all the money, but the players don't make any. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, But good for California for uh, finally pulling through some actual legislation on this. Yep, and we'll have a follow-up on this yes. next week, assuming they actually pass the bill uh, by Friday. We sure will. All right. Let's uh, move on to our second story in television, which is less about uh, the television uh, uh, with sports on it, and then uh, more about streaming, as we are always want to talk about streaming. Except this time, the streaming comes from Apple. Our friends over at Apple, who make your iPhones and your Macs and stuff, they, a while back this year, announced that they're working on Apple TV+, Plus, which is their streaming service, their answer to Disney+, Plus and Netflix. Well, they have finally unveiled it uh, today. In, um, well, yesterday. Yesterday, sorry. During yesterday's press conference. Yesterday in their press conference. It is set to launch on November 1st and will just be a measly four ninety nine a month. That November 1st, by the way, is undercutting Disney yes. with its November 13th. 16th launch? 13th launch? Yeah. Yeah. However, uh, what you will see is only a handful of things because it will launch with very few programs. Uh, This will include Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston's The Morning Show. Uh, That is not an actual morning show. It's a fictional. It's a fictional. (laughs) um, Yeah. It's a scripted series. Haley Steinfeld's drama series Dickinson about what do you know? Poet Emily Dickinson. Hey, that makes sense. Uh, and uh, a couple of other uh, things that are not listed here. The company is reportedly producing upwards of $6 billion in content, though, so uh, they will be premiering new series with three episodes followed by weekly installments after that, so they will not be in a binge format. No. Uh, the monthly cost includes family access, and you'll even get a whole year free of Apple TV Plus if you buy a new Apple device, such as an iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV. The p- physical product, not the Streaming service. Yes. It's very confusing. Apple is also allowing They made it confusing. They did. Just like HBO Max. Yes. <laughs> I had to think about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, Apple is allowing up six family members to share just one Apple TV Plus subscription. And they will all watch using their own individual Apple IDs and password connected to the same account. Mm-hmm. That's how they're getting around sharing. It's the family plan. Yeah. Because you need an Apple ID in order to access to... The App Store and your phone. Yeah. So everyone has an iPhone has an Apple ID. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the four ninety nine month uh, price point sits below both Netflix and Disney price points, and is significantly below the previously rumored ten dollars a month. So yeah, um, this is uh, I don't know. I'm ambivalent about it because yeah, that's a great price, but also what am I getting? Only iDevices and also. Man, what is on this that I care about? Right, because uh, Apple is not Amazon. So that means they don't have access to 
uh, any of the Amazon originals, any of the Prime originals. So sure, there's nothing on Netflix originals, nothing on Hulu originals, (laughs) nothing on Disney. So what do they have? They have six billion dollars spent on something, but we haven't seen them yet. Comedians in cars getting coffee. Yeah. Wait, no. Oh, no, no, no. They have carpool karaoke. Uh, yeah. Uh, did, did they did? I don't know if they still have that though. Uh, but yeah, so, whatever yeah. the iTunes Store originals were, right? They will are probably come over. Apple stuff, I guess. Right? Yeah, I mean that's what their catalog is. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, this is a weird one. Uh, in the uh, battle of streaming services, they are definitely not uh, up to the the the. Um, Status of Netflix and Disney yet, so we will see uh, what they are able to pull out of this six billion dollar hat. Well, right. uh, they won't be pulling any of my money out of that hat. Yeah, no, I will not be getting this either. No. All right, let's move on. Uh, that's it for television news, but we do have a couple of thoughts of things we watched on television this week. Okay. So you uh, watch something on the Netflix, a uh, stand-up special uh, by. The elusive Dave Chappelle. And he is very elusive, as he only puts out these things once every four years, like a yeah. leap year? So yeah, uh, I'll tell you what my impression of this, having not seen it, has been. Is, uh, people on the internet, a lot of people on the internet were uh, very quick to uh, criticize this special and talk about how uh, sometimes uh, Dave is a little behind the times. How was your reaction to this special? Behind the times. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Because he was talking about the current times. Uh-huh. Also, I too read all those critics <laughs> who basically kind of poo-pooed yeah. his, his Netflix special, Sticks and Stones. To which I say, it's Dave Chappelle. What are you expecting? Uh, I don't know. In, uh, growth. <laughs> growth? Yes, growth. Growth? Anyways... Dave Chappelle is literally on his legacy tour. Yeah. He knows what to. He knows his hits. He knows who comes to see him, and he plays to that audience. They come to see him being vulgar and attack everyone and make light of everything. He is the South Park of comedians. No one is off yeah. limits. It's not an endorsement, but anyway. I didn't say it was an endorsement. <laughs> so you're not really telling me what you thought of this. Oh, I thought you're just was... saying what it was. Well, yeah, I thought it was fine. Okay. I thought, yeah, okay. I'm not going to take anything you say seriously because you're a comedian. I'm not going to like. It's sticks and stones. Literally, the name of your <laughs> of your title is to sticks and stones break the bones, but words can't hurt you. So yeah. They're just words. You're just a comedian. You're trying to get a laugh out of people. You're trying to get a rile out of people. So, yeah, that's your job. I don't know what you're thinking of. There is one line in uh, in the special which points directly at the critics and basically at everyone who, who watches this episode or watches this special is that he says, this is a Netflix, episode, a Netflix special. You clicked on my face. You know what you're getting into. It was like, yeah, I know. That's why I, I'm watching this. That's why it's on. Don't you think, though, there's an element of, like, people who watched him on the Chappelle show 
and were fans of his earlier uh, stand-up material that wish that he maybe evolved with the times instead of being kind of stuck in his old ways. Don't you kind of see that there's at least an argument saying, like, man, I wish he was funny, but, like, in a more, like, modern sensibility instead of kind of going back to the well as much as he does. Matt, when I go to a concert <laughs> to see Flo Rida, yeah, I, know, you, yeah, I don't want to see new Flo Rida. I want to see the hits Flo Rida. What if, though, what if, and I'm saying in an alternate universe here because I don't know if this is going to happen, what if Flo Rida reinvents himself and becomes, like, legitimately amazing? Like, what if Flo Rida puts out a record? <laughs> I like you saying yeah. for that, whereas yeah, like, he, was, he was never amazing like, to begin no, with. No, not really. But what if, though, like, what if, like, next year, 2020, we're talking about in our album of the year discussion at the end of the year, we're both talking about how surprised we were with the Flo Rida record. <laughs> I would be surprised. That's what I'm saying but here. Don't you wish that we were in a timeline where Dave Chappelle, instead of being like kind of reclusive and shut off, that he did was like, all right, I'm going to retire some of this material that maybe doesn't play as well in 2019. I'm going to retire maybe this kind of thing. I'm going to still be funny because he is a legitimately funny person. And he can use that on other things and not be as... Eh. <laughs> iffy you know like don't you wish that don't you get can't you at least see from that perspective and be like man that would be cool yes i can't see from that perspective <laughs> but i technically can't because i've never seen Chappelle as a funny comedian in my mind okay i've never seen him as i'm gonna watch the Chappelle show because he is hilarious i'm going to own everything Chappelle does i'm gonna watch everything he does no he to me like, come before this, I didn't see him as, oh my god, he's the best thing ever, I'm going to praise the ground he walks on, Be and I'll be all comedian. That's not me. That's not the way I see Dave Chappelle. I see him as, okay, he's that comedian who makes everyone angry. <laughs> cool. What am I going to see in this, ep in this special? Oh, he's still that comedian that makes everyone angry. Cool. Nothing's changed. Yeah, and I guess depending on uh, how you feel about that, that could be an endorsement or a stay away. <laughs> right, so, uh, but it's Dave Chappelle. You clicked on his face to watch this. Yes, but You should have some inkling of knowing by this time what you're getting into with a Chappelle Yeah, but the definition of the word disappointment is that you engaged in something that you had high hopes for and it dis and it was not as good as you were hoping for. So, so no, that's not a fair argument. You can't just say like you can't just say like, oh, you clicked on the Dave Chappelle uh, special. Too bad, you hated it. Like that's your that's on you. No. It's also uh, partially on him. Because if you go in like like thinking like, oh maybe 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 he's like has different material that maybe I like more this time. And if that still disappoints you, I don't think that's your fault, is what I'm saying. No, not necessarily. <laughs> but, you know, you could also, like, stop watching it. <laughs> you do have that option of, oh, clearly he went so far, so hard in the beginning, which he does, <laughs> in order to set up the fact that he's going to go hard for the whole hour. Yeah. And, like, if you thought that was, like, too much for you then clearly the special's not for you 
you have the ability <laughs> to stop watching. I He's know. not forcing you to buy a ticket to, to watch his whole stand-up and then at the end say, well, I watched that whole thing and I still hated it. Unlike, you know, when we listen to albums where I literally have to listen to the whole thing to try and understand if it's me who doesn't like it or if it's the artist that is just generally terrible. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I don't know. I think, I think all this is is just as, like, I feel like in 2019 comedy, just there's a hope for the people with the big audience. There's a hope for the people with the big spotlight on them to not be so old-fashioned. And I think that it's disappointing that we're not to the point where the people with the big spotlights on them have evolved in the way that the rest of comedy has. I think what you're seeing in the smaller comedy scene is that there you can be funny, you can be real good, and and like be super relevant in comedy today without having to be as controversial. Maybe, but. How big are their spotlights compared to how big Dave Chappelle's That's what spotlight I'm saying, is? Is people with the big spotlights should be using that spotlight for something that maybe doesn't punch down so much? They can't all be George Clooney's. Yeah, <laughs> George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not a comedian. No, but he has a big spotlight yeah, on him, and he uses it for good. Yeah, less so than maybe he used to. <laughs> now yeah. he's. Just now he just has a model wife and just hangs out at home. Well, yeah, he made his money. What do you expect? Yeah, he made his money. Cash check. Anyways, we don't need to belabor at this point. But yeah. Uh, I, I'm a little confused why you even watched this if you're not a fan. Oh, I watched it because of the critics. Because it was on. Well, because like, all I could see in my news feed yeah. was people either talking about the Dave Chappelle show... Or people criticizing the critics about the Dave Chappelle show. <laughs> As on Rotten Tomatoes, it had like a 29% yeah. for critics, but a 99% for user score. <laughs> so I was like, okay, how can there be this big of a divide? Do we have a uh, Batman v Superman on our hands where it's critically panned, but people love it? I think there's a disconnect in comedy. I think there's, there's a dividing line in comedy right now. Um, that's the people who will... Like, still go to bat for older material and the people who just are tired of it. Well, I think that there's the dividing line in critics. And the critics themselves have grown with new comedy, with new material. And they, the critics of 2019, don't find Chappelle of 2019 yeah. that appealing. And that's why they've given it the rotten score. But the people... Who still have who have grown with Chappelle throughout his years, still have fond memories of Chappelle throughout those years, aren't necessarily seeking out new comedians, new comedy, new skit, new bits, and are still honed in on yeah. Dave Chappelle. I guess that's the same reason why Netflix has also given Adam Sandler a platform. Which <laughs> because is, they know people will come in droves to watch whatever the hell he's in. Which even good example because yeah. I was one of those people in droves who watched an Adam Sandler film earlier this year. Yeah. Because it starred Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston in it. I was like, oh, I'm on Netflix. Clearly, I want to find something to watch on their platform. Hey, I recognize that face. 
that's Dave Chappelle. I mean, that's Adam Sandler. <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's recognize insert name yes. here, recognized face. No, and they know. I'm going to click on that right now because through their entire vast catalog, I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking for, but I recognize that. I know what I'm getting into yeah. when I click on that face. Yeah, no, they so know what I'm they're doing. To, yeah. They know what they're doing. They know, the algorithm serves them well. It's just frustrating, I think, in a lot of ways. It's okay, like, I think your frustration is more <laughs> with Chappelle, the comedian, wanting to grow than the audience that Chappelle is playing for. I mean, it's a combination of the two. <laughs> yes, they should all grow up. Yeah. But <laughs> when you go into... When you get what you're looking for, or can you really fault it? Yeah. Again, this is just cyclical. We can't just keep going over this. Oh, no, okay. I realize I'm... <laughs> I think I say convinced that Chappelle is good. I, like I said, I don't think Chappelle is that good of a comedian. But... You're saying it's I, not on the audience for clicking on it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because there are people who are going to want it to be better than it is and be disappointed in it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So it's not 100% on the audience it's it's partially on Netflix and partially on Dave Chappelle <laughs> anyway let's move on uh, because uh, we have something else on television we need to talk about oh we watched other things we watched uh, well I watched all of this but I sh- managed to show you the very last episode of this before we recorded just so you'd have context okay for what we're going to talk about because okay. one of my uh, favorites over the last couple of years okay. that I've uh, talked a lot about on this podcast okay. has came to an end okay uh, Cartoon Network's OKKO okay uh, OKKO Let's Be Heroes to be specific yes so yeah after a three season run uh, it has ended wait that uh, was three seasons three seasons I thought that was two. three quick seasons yeah. uh, this, the third one was all this year oh okay which is why it seems like it was quicker than before yeah they kind of dumped them all very quickly they, they bombed them over the course of the ah uh, the, the okay bomb yeah pretty the much the season bomb uh, but yeah uh, it, so yeah I've talked about the show uh, before on the podcast it's kind of a series-long love letter to animation. Like, literally any animation you can think of. Like, it's equally parts indebted to anime as it is to classic American animation, to modern American animation, and even things in between all of those things. Mm-hmm. It manages to reference all of your favorite things. Like, whether you're a fan of Yu-Gi-Oh! to a fan of... Uh, Animaniacs to a fan of Powerpuff classic Girls or Looney Tunes or, or, or Dexter's Laboratory. Dexter. There yeah. are specific episode pastiches in this series of Dexter's Laboratory, yes. Captain Planet, with the character and original voice yes. in the episode itself, and even Sonic the Hedgehog this season. A full cameo episode mm-hmm. where the Sonic and Tails <laughs> are canonically in the episode. Uh, right, you should preface that this is a video game esque verse. It's, it kind of is and kind of isn't. It's it's. I think they use the setup of heroes yeah. so that way they can both parody video games and animation. Right. It's just a way for them to just blanket statement. If you have a show about a character who is heroic and doing heroic things, that character is canonically a hero in the universe of OKKO and someone that the title character looks up to. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, if you haven't been watching it, I very much recommend. It's on Netflix or uh, Hulu. 
I believe the first two seasons in full are streaming at least. Right. Um, if you have the live TV service at Hulu, you'll get the entirety of season three as well. And then, yeah, this is the last week. Uh, they wrapped up the entire series with a couple of uh, final episodes. Uh, and, yeah, it was, it was a neat thing they did. They kind of did one episode that wrapped up the storyline, which had some of the best animation the series has ever had, uh, a big fighting tournament. Because, again, right. they know their audience. And how, how, what better way than to end with a, than a classic like Dragon Ball-style fighting tournament where you get to see all the characters duke it out? I mean, it's a great way to have just a, a roulette of characters yeah. coming in and out. Yes. And showing off all the different crazy powers and power scales. So that acts as the real finale, but then they do a bonus kind of finale episode that's more of a tonal, emotional finale, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I showed you. And it doesn't really require much context for the series, although it helps if you've seen it all because there are references throughout to stuff that's happened in the series before. Uh, but yeah, it acts as kind of like a way, kind of like a metaphor for the writers themselves and the creators of the show um, to kind of reflect and be like sad about like that this is ending, and also an excuse for them to write every single episode <laughs> that they had on the uh, cutting room floor that they didn't get to use. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was an amazing example of like a real heartfelt way to end a series. Like it, it's one of the better finales I've seen. It's amazing how you can take one episode, essentially 12 minutes of screen time, and compact literal seasons and (laughs) epics into into it just by giving quick snippets. Because, as you said, this show is based around heroes. So, Mm -hmm. we've all grown up with TV. We've all seen heroes' journeys. We know, essentially, you know, the heroic formula. And they're able to condense all that into a season-long 12-minute arc yeah. that hits you with emotional gut punches as yeah. you see characters grow that would normally take five, six seasons yeah, condensed into you know 12 minutes. Yeah, and like also give closure to every character in that show yeah. like that you care about at least. Uh, including some, some, some side characters who also get a, like, a nice closure to, to their stories as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating little thing. Uh, it was a fascinating series. I mean, like, I think it was slept on by a lot of people that maybe were turned off by the style because the, it changes almost every scene in that show. Like, mm-hmm. if you like shows that stay, like, with the character designs very consistent and by the book, you will hate OKKO okay, because almost every scene the characters are look completely different. Different storyboard artists have different takes kind of like Steven Universe in that way, uh, on the characters. And so different episodes, they'll look wildly different from other episodes. Well, even that final episode had a lot of different animation styles thrown throughout it. But they do it because of how much they are indebted to previous generations of animation. And it's very, very clear. In a way, like, it's a good compliment to the Steven Universe movie, which we talked about last week, Mm -hmm. which in its own way was a love letter to their favorite animation styles. This is just, but whereas Steven is a very focused version of that, mm-hmm. OK KO is just like, let's throw everything we can on the wall. Throw it to the wall because you yeah. know it will stick. Yeah, because... Rather than throw it at the wall and see what sticks. So what ends up being is that the series as a whole ends up being, like I said, this like love letter to animation. And like I think that if you like any kind of animation, at least give an episode a try because... 
it's just incredible thing to look at. It's an incredible thing that got to happen that I'm amazed that Cartoon Network kept around as long mm-hmm. as it did, even if it did kind of come to an untimely end. And uh, yeah, they made the best of it, though. They made the best of the time that they had. Sure, they didn't run for 10 years almost like Adventure uh, Time did, but you know what? I think that they did what they were able to uh, accomplish in three years uh, told a full story. Well, I think not every. Um, not episode, but every show can have the run that something like Adventure Time did, where it yeah. runs for umpteenth seasons. <laughs> yeah. But this show, I, I'd like to say, kind of like future speaking here, is more of a Rockwell's Modern Life show, where yeah. it was the very oddball cartoon that of its time, but from it spawned so many creators who eventually went on yeah. to get their own show and influenced here. a lot of future animation yeah. in the early 2000s and up till now. But also, I think in like a decade from now, I think people, like animation geeks, will be talking about how this show was like the best thing ever. Right. Like you're going to hear in 10 years, like, I'll be like, oh, well, like TV cartoons haven't been the same since this era. And they'll bring up OKKO, OK be like, as this forgotten favorite. Because I think, yeah, the people like me who actually watched it will, like, remember it fondly, but a lot of people will see this much later as, like, this unearthed gem. Uh, I don't want to say, bring a family guy, <laughs> where it got brought back and then continues to go or even forever. The Simpsons is a good example of that. Well, Simpsons like, never went off the air, though. Yeah. But, yeah, I see what you mean, where it's like, I don't know if it'll get a revival necessarily, but, yeah, I think people will return to this much later and be like, oh, yeah, okay. Why didn't I hear about this before? It's like, what? It's over? Huh? Yeah, this is, this is only last three years? What? But yeah, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, check it out if that sounds interesting. If anything we just said sounds interesting, because I think you will. It's a rewarding show, especially if you watch the whole thing. Uh, there's a lot going on in that thing. And yeah, if you like video games, if you like uh, cartoons of any kind, definitely. It's for, it's for you. They made that thing for you, and you don't even know about it. All right. Uh, is there any other television we want to talk about before we move on to uh, cancellations and renewals? Um, any new television? Yeah. No. But Bachelor in Paradise is ending. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the cancellations and renewals. Oh, and uh, speaking of really trashy reality show, uh, reality television, I watched two episodes of Big Brother last night. Like on purpose? Uh, my sister was watching it before we left to meet you guys for yeah. the end. And so, yeah, I have now seen two episodes of Big Brother. And man, that's stupid. Are you still on that real world train? Oh, it's real <laughs> stupid. I didn't know how dumb it was. Oh, it's even dumber when they do celebrities. Oh, God, I can't imagine. Because they are so uncoordinated oh. when they put them in their physical challenges. Yeah. It's just hilarious. It was stupid. Anyway. Oh, no, it is, like, dumbest to the umpteenth. Yeah. But now we're talking about cancellations and renewals, which actually does involve Big Brother. I didn't even look at that until just now. All right, so tell me, has Big Brother been canceled yet? No, it's been renewed again for a unprecedented 22nd season. Nah. Uh, well, I want to note, though, they do those uh, two a year now. Two. So the pace has been ex- escalated. So Right. It's on that um, uh, Survivor. Think, yeah, yeah, Survivor. That, the time. Amazing Race pace. Also, uh, this week, though, uh, Netflix announced that the seventh season of Grace and Frankie will be its final. Yes, the upcoming seventh season will be its final. It will have lasted 90s, 
six episodes yeah. in total. I think that's why they canceled it because we'll get, we'll get the hundredth. Yeah. But this it's still it is for a Netflix show. It is that it is Netflix's officially longest running show. Yeah, because it's Netflix show. has now become notorious for the two season cancellation. Yep, two uh, to three season cancellation. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, good for Grace and Frankie. Uh, on TBS, The Detour has been canceled after four seasons. I think one four seasons. Four seasons of The Detour. Okay. Uh, HBO's The Righteous Gemstones, which you talked about on this podcast yes. a couple weeks ago, renewed for a second season. And rightfully so. That thing is good. And uh, also another one of our uh, uh, summer's favorites this year, uh, NBC's Songland. Renewed for a second season. Hey! We didn't think it could happen, but apparently... I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, apparently people enough people watched that thing to bring it back. So Either yeah, that or enough people it. downloaded the music they yeah. put out. It was like, hey, this is actually a profitable. Yeah. profitable. That's it for cancellations and renewals. Uh, moving on to deaths. We have a handful this week. All right. Who we no longer... Um, is around. around. Well, first up, Robert Axelrod, age 70, who you may have seen a lot of because he was an actor in... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He was the voice of Lord Zed. Aha. Uh, he was also in The Blob and Digimon uh, voices, I'm assuming. Yeah, he was the voice actor. Uh, he was okay. voice actor in The Blob. Uh, the villain, uh, Vandamon or Myotismon in Digimon, is uh, also a couple of the hero fusion evolutions. Ah. But wow. no, yeah, uh, voice actor had over 100 credits to his name. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, also uh, this week, John Wesley, age 72. He was an actor in uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot and Hang, and Hang Em High, among others. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, James Atlas, age 70, an American publisher, uh, part of Penguin Books. He was the co-founder and chief editor at one point of Penguin, Penguin Books. Okay. And then uh, one addition that you don't have here because it happened literally hours ago. Okay. Uh, musician Daniel Johnston. What? Yeah, indie musician Daniel Johnston died uh, age 58, I believe. Pretty young. Oof. Uh, yeah, uh, well-known in the indie uh, singer-songwriter scene. Uh, yeah, a lot of I saw a lot of musicians on my Twitter uh, uh, very upset about that one. So, yeah, uh, I, that was today. So. Ooh, okay, breaking news. breaking news. Push the breaking news button. Unfortunately, that's a terrible segue into our music section. All right, uh, so, so music's dead. Go. Nope. <laughs> Now, there's more music uh, happening. Uh, in fact, you've got a uh, whole music section here. And the whole music section, as we start the music with the Billboard. And we start the Billboard yes. with the Hot 100. Full charts this week. We're all caught up. All right, we're all caught up. Well, that's sad because the truth hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> because, yes, for the second week. Lizzo with Truth Hurts, number one. Uh, number two, Senorita by Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. Number three, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Number four, Rand Dollar Sign Om by Lil Tecca. <laughs> and number five, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. Yep. Uh, the only thing that happened since last week was uh, Ransom uh, replaced Taylor Swift again. Yep. So Taylor Swift bumped out of the top five. Jeez. Will probably not get a number one single off of. Um, and I don't think she Lover, will. Which is going to be very disappointing to her because I believe that'll be the first time that's happened. What else? She's since, not gonna have since probably like since probably like speak now. What else? She's not gonna <laughs> have what else? She's not gonna a have? second number one album. 
Uh huh. Because she's no longer number one in the Billboard 200. Nope. Fear Inoculum. Yeah, this was a surprise. By Tool. Last week, as of the recording on Wednesday last week, the numbers for Lana Del Rey's record were looking like it was going to be number one. But out of nowhere, those Tool fans showed up. <laughs> those Tools, those damn Tools, yeah. bought that Tool album for Tool and Fear Inoculum. So yeah, number their first one. album in 12 years. Uh, number one on the Billboard charts. Number two... Lover by Taylor Swift. Uh, propped up probably still by concert and uh, physical album sales. Yep. Number three is that Norman fucking Rock. Yeah, there's Lana. So yep, she's still top well. five, but it couldn't quite break two. Yep. Uh, number four, We Love You, Tekka by Lil Tekka. Yep, on the strength of that Ransom single. Yep. And number five, So Much Fun by Young Thug. Yep. Uh, that brings us into new releases. Sure does. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to, but here are the new releases. This is a murderer's row of good, like, of, of, of like, Artists? names you'll recognize on I, here. I'm recognizing some of these Yeah, it's like a crazy release week this week. We have House of Sugar by Sandy, or Alex G. So, the art, he, he used to record under just Alex G., but another recording artist called Alex G, uh, like, threatened him with litigation. So he now goes with Sandy, in parentheses, Alex G. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Why not? You couldn't go with Alex G? No. No? Sandy, Alex G. Can change the G? G, G, S, no. G, X? That's what he wants to No? Do. All right, sure. Sandy. Sandy. Comes out of nowhere. Uh, Charlie. By... Charlie XCX. Yes. Yes, that Charlie XCX. Yep. Uh, Birth of Violence by Chelsea Wolfe. Ma by Devendra Banhart. Miracle Pill by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, yes. the Goo Goo Dolls. Those Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, the, Prince, the Practice of Love by Jenny Hival. All My Heroes Are Comballs. Corn balls. Corn balls. Cornballs. <laughs> I like cornballs. It's not. All my heroes are cornballs by JPEG Mafia. <laughs> uh, the Nothing by Corn. This is something, but it's The Nothing <laughs> by Corn. Uh, Means to Me by Longbeard. Metromony Forever by Metromony. I yeah, I believe it's Metronomy. Metromony. Metropolis. Uh-huh. Uh, Beneath the Ire by Pixies. The Pixies? The Pixies? Yeah, the, those Pixies. Those Pixies. Uh, Welcome to Galvania by Puddle of Mud. <laughs> yes, that Puddle of Mud. Uh, Three by the Illumineers. Yep. And Look Out Low by Twin Peaks. Not that Twin Peaks. Not the television show. And not the restaurant. No. Chain. But the band. The band, Twin Peaks. <laughs> I'll probably listen to the Lumineers album this week. <laughs> That's all you found in there. Oh, no, no. I mean, I'll take a, a hit at the Goo Goo Dolls as well. Might as well. No puddle of mud for you? No. <laughs> no corn? No. Puddle of mud's too blurry for me. <laughs> anyway. ba tiss Anyways, we have music news. Yeah, we sure do. All right. What do 
For, first up, we have this guy. The uh, the artist formerly known as Prince, but currently, currently known, known as known Prince. As the artist who formerly lived and was named Prince. Uh, the deceased Prince. Yes, what's going on with uh, Prince? Well, not Prince, but Prince's estate, rather. Yes. As Prince's estate announced a massive deluxe edition of the 1999 album. No, the 1999 album. His album called 1999. Yes. It was not released in 1999. No, but this is the 20th anniversary of 1999. Yes, but it's, it's not why they're doing it. I think you're getting confused. Well, I said the 1999 album. Yes, I know. The album named 1999. Yes, that's what I have. That's what I said. Anyways. Yes, his 1999 album uh, sprawled across five CDs and one DVD. And ten LPs in one DVD. Yeah. Or, I think it's more or. Or. <laughs> you don't need to buy both. I mean, you could. You could. You're a Prince fan. No, because you buy both. That way you keep one sealed one for collectors. Car. And then, yeah, one when you're yeah. Uh Yeah, they will be containing dozens of B-sides, remixes, and 35 previously unreleased outtakes. That's yeah, a lot. 35 unreleased Tracks. That man was a workhorse. Oh, yeah. Uh, along, that's right, along with two full concerts from the Legendary Tour in support of the album. Both from 1982. Both of them are from 1982. One of them is from the November 30th concert in Detroit, and the other is the December 29th concert in Houston. Uh, the one in Houston is the DVD, and is for, and is from a multi-camera shoot as well. Um, it also comes with a lavish booklet with liner notes, rare photos, and several of Prince's handwritten lyrics. The full track list appears below. <laughs> well, not because it's <laughs> got to be pasted, but yes. Uh, it's out on Rhino Warner Records uh, on November 29th later this year. Uh, there will also be four LP and two CD versions that include the original album and the promo mixes and B-sides, all with 2019 remasters. So, if you're a Prince fan, this is right up your alley. Prince's album, 1999, not the one released in 1999. <laughs> But the album, 1999, is one of Prince's famous albums. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is a good collection for all those fans out there. Yeah, uh, and the fact that you get concert DVDs out of this as well. It's cool. Yeah, I, I like the multi-cam shoot because it's an actual, like, production, not just, here's the single camera we had to set up, enjoy the concert. It's, no, yeah. someone actually put it together and... But uh, what if what if I'm a fan, though, of something uh, a little different? Maybe some music that happened a little later. Like, say, I don't know, maybe from the mid-90s all the way to maybe the mid-2000s. Like, what if I liked, like, punky California dance? Well, I'd call you an American idiot for one. <laughs> yes. Not wrong. <laughs> uh, but what, what, is there a, a, maybe, like, a big tour out there for me? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm very in with the music scene right now. I haven't <laughs> fallen out of it yet. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Like, it hasn't gotten hard for me to breathe. Okay, I'm not wheezing out there All right. for everything. Alright. <laughs> right. Oh, wait. Oh, hey, look! It's Weezer! Yeah, what about them? What's going on? Well, Weezer is um, going on tour, but they're not going to headline that tour. No. They're going on tour with Fallout Boy. They're not going to headline Who's that Who's also tour. not going to headline that well, tour. Well, who's headlining then? Uh, called the Hella Mega Tour. Green Day will be headlining the <laughs> tour featuring Fall Out Boy and Weezer in a triple bill hitting the summer of 2020. That's being booked into major ballparks including Dodger Stadium on July 25th and New York's City Field. Uh, on August 22nd. The Hella Mega Tour kicks off with a European leg beginning on June 13th in Paris and then moves across to the UK before hitting the States the following month. Uh, on Zane Lowe's show on Apple Music Beats 1 Tuesday, the singers for all three bands discussed the joint tour with Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day saying, quote, it's kind of a Green Day idea, you know, to do something that's like a throwback to the Monsters of Rock tour, <laughs> referring to a decade-old hard rock <laughs> mega bill. Yeah, uh, country acts do a lot of these mega bills, um, but there's also a whole lot more country acts out there, <laughs> and um, yeah, not a whole lot more rock acts who want to get it on this action. But that being said, I've already booked my ticket. Well, I've booked a pre. I've what? What do you? I've booked a pre-plan to pre-order the tickets when they go on pre-sale. That didn't make any sense. I've thought, I've currently thought about attending Got this it. thing okay. and have in my mind already like agreed to go. I think I verbally agreed to go as well. Fair enough. So yeah, this thing is. Um, obviously, um, this is pointed at a certain yeah, demographic, right towards people around our age and maybe a little older as well. Uh, because, I mean, yeah, the big uh, uh, Weezer fans and uh, Green Day fans probably, yeah, probably started around in the mid '90s, and then yeah, bringing in a slightly younger crowd with Fallout Boy as well. And so yeah, you kind of like get a, a huge subsection of uh, people involved of uh, interested in something like this I mean I think the last thing Fall Boy put out was for Big Hero 6 um, yeah we could be heroes it was or, around that yeah. time yeah they but they still have the occasional like radio play yeah um, oh no no like their songs will always get radio play they've hit that house song and that's I think that that's to the point like like that is why this is happening yeah because all three of these bands are getting like well two of them were already there but now basically all three of the bands are in their kind of legacy phase oh yeah like Fallout I mean, Boys maybe just entering it and I, I guess say they're entering it likely depend on who you ask I think if they're still relevant or not but I mean but, that's why they're opening but Weezer and Green Day they've struggled in recent years to uh, for to, for their new material to hit right so much so that Weezer had to put out an old song of a yeah. cover to be relevant again. Right. Which they end up making a cover album, an album of just covers. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, this will make a lot of money. 
That's so, pretty much the end of that story. Yeah, this thing will make money. This thing will also sell out stadiums, which is, you know, the whole point of this thing. But okay. hey, legacy tours. They're happening. Legacy tours, they're happening. Legacy. All right. Ramily. Let's move on panda, out of panda, this panda, panda, music panda. then. Uh, we have some video games to talk about. Uh, well, we have some thoughts first. Have some thoughts. They're not written down. Uh, because I listened to it on the way here. <laughs> okay. So I didn't have time to write them down. All right. Well, uh, make it snappy. What do you got? All right. First up. Okay. I listened to the uh, Lindsey Sterling album. Oh, I got some, your violin on. Yeah, I got my violin on. Violin okay. on. Uh, Artemis is what this thing is called. And this thing sounds exactly what you think it is. It is electronic violin with some hard, deep bass and drops and really uppity stuff. <laughs> like, it made me want to play a video game with this thing in the background, yeah, which kind of I can easily for. assume this yeah. thing is what this thing was made for. <laughs> uh, but no, if you like Lindsey Sterling, um, following from her from YouTube, to which she was America's Got Talent, to when she was doing a whole bunch of that, like, promo tours across the country, yeah. uh, doing concerts and stuff. But no, she is really good at what she does. I'm surprised. Kind of surprised no one's put her on a chair yet for an orchestra. But then again, eh. I don't think she. I don't think she wants to. I think she. I think she enjoys doing the more poppy stuff. Yeah, she, I don't think she's. While she is classically she trained, could do it. Yeah, she could. She do could it. do it. It's just yeah, I don't think she wants to. She's made a. She's carved a niche out for herself. Yeah. Oh no, she definitely has. Yeah. So much so that she put an album out there and I listened to it yeah, because exactly. I'm a fan of her. Because people associate with her with a very specific thing. Yes. Uh, that being, yeah, with that specific thing, that's what this album is. It's yeah. a very specific thing aimed for a very specific type of people. Um, but I really enjoyed it. This is something I can easily put on and, like, drive for an hour and just, like, listen to it. It's a really good album. I liked every single song on this thing. But that's the thing, though. There's no, there's no actual, like, lyrics. Oh, yeah. It is violin. It's probably it will be good for like working on projects. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Uh, if you like Vitamin Stream Quartet or the Piano Guys, this is basically the electronic version of that. But yeah, uh, give it a listen. It is really well done, really well put together. Okay. Uh, my second thing I listened to is that new Post Malone record. Also, uh, was it Hollywood? Hollywood is bleeding. Bleed, Hollywood's bleeding. Yeah. Um, okay, so I listened to this thing, and I don't quite have, like, the best thing to uh, equate to Post Malone. I'm not a fan of Post Malone. Post Malone is, like, there. Up until, like, a year ago, I didn't know what Post Malone looked like. You're right. We did a whole podcast. In fact, I think we called, like, called it something involving Post Malone. Because you pulling up a picture of Post Malone was the first time you had seen Post Malone. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> he was in our news uh, for yeah. being the Beatles and something. I was like, right. okay, Post Malone. I was like, oh my god, like? this is what he looks like? He's got face tattoos and dreads. Yeah, I, I, I had not listened to Post Malone. I didn't know what he looked like. And so when he was in the news, well, I had to put him, pull him up. And it's funny how things stuff. change in a year because now... You hear his voice on the radio almost every hour now. Oh, you assume I listen to the well, radio. I'm, I'm saying if you listen to pop yes. radio. He is literally everywhere now. You cannot escape him. 
Uh, so much so that he was the first thing you look up with uh, Spotify's new releases. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was there. Um, I decided to, you know, listen to him because I'm just going to, like, safely assume, and rightfully so, that he this will be next week's number one album. Oh, yeah, it will. Just because it's Post Malone. I don't want to say he's hit Drake status, but... He's hit Drake's status. He's getting close. Uh, I mean, he hasn't had the longest career as Drake. But no. What he's proving, though, is that he has a knack for um, catchy choruses. Yeah. That's the secret ingredient to all his hits, is that they all have, like, a killer hook. Like, the, the s- s- Sunflower, perfect example of this, which mm-hmm. was his track that was famously used in Spider-Verse. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that thing has a killer catchy chorus that you could tell him right now. And, like, that's his strength. Does this uh, album have any of that? That song is on this album. It is? It is. Because <laughs> he's milking it. I mean, might as well. Yeah. But. What about his radio single, Wow? I think that's also on here. Right? I don't think I got to Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. But Period. what I did get through, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I liked it. This is one of those weird things where I put it on and I didn't want to skip a song, but at the same time, I didn't want to listen to it again. <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is, which means it's effective it's, at what it does. Yeah, but it's like effervescent and like like pop rocks dissolves well, in your mouth. Yeah, but yeah. like even when you think about it, like you know what you're gonna get into when you listen to a Post Malone album. Yeah. It's very post baloney. I don't know. <laughs> That's a, a thing. Post baloney. Got it. Okay, because it has like all the like the beats into it, and then like I expect him to go like super hard in the rap, but no, no, it's very not, melodic. He's not. It's okay, very trans. He started as a rapper. Yeah, but, like he's getting out of that game. He's like he, most of his songs now. He's kind of more talk singing. No, no, yeah, you yeah. definitely get a whole lot of that in here. He's doing more of that now. And I kind of like that because I actually understand what he's saying. And he's not, like, mm. spitting 100 words a minute he's not at me. No, which is funny yeah. because he has a rapper feature on a couple uh, of them. Right. And when it goes to him, I was like, oh, my God, what? No, no, no. Give me back to Post Malone. I was like, ah, oh, okay, <laughs> yes. Post Malone. Like, I don't like Post Malone much the same way I don't like Dave Chappelle. Like, they're there. They're good at what they do. It's just not for me. And I've come across that a lot here on the Media Boat Podcast, where it's not for me, but I can see why it's good. Mm. That is the exact, like, definition of what I get with this album. It's not for me, but having listened to it, this thing will be number one. This thing will be awesome charts. This thing will be up for Grammys. I can sense, like, all that success coming throughout this album. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're what you're kind of touching on is the question about Post Malone that like the the t- music industry right now is trying to grapple with, mm-hmm. which is like this division between like, wait, is he actually like, is he actually that interesting? Is he actually that good? And then the actual process of listening to his songs, where it's like, well, I can't argue that this is really catchy and fun, right? Like, so it's this division. It's like people are built in thinking like, oh, yeah, this like, this guy kind of sucks. But then, but why are his songs a hit? Because of how catchy 
he his songwriting is. And so it's like this division of like we're trying to figure out whether Post Malone is good or not. <laughs> and this might be a turning point. I think this might be the turning point where a lot of people finally just finally admit like, all right, fine, Post Malone is good now. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're going to hit that, like, Cardi yeah. B moment, or yeah. like, Nicki Minaj moment, where it's like, Indeed. yeah, exactly. okay, yeah, they're good. They're not just the one-off that everyone liked for the year. Cardi B is a perfect example, because mm-hmm. Cardi B went from, like, this novelty, almost, with the first couple of singles, and then all of a sudden, like, by the end of the year, uh, she's topping rap albums lists. Mm-hmm. And then people realize, oh, wait, if you actually listen to this thing, Cardi can, Cardi can rap. And, like, I think that's happening in reverse with Post Malone. It's like, he stopped rapping and suddenly realized, oh, wait, he's actually a pretty good songwriter. Um, So I've been keeping a uh, Spotify playlist of albums that I listen to. I kind of pull a song out of there, put it on my, my, I call it my 2019 playlist. Uh So songs I listened to in 2019 that it's like a time capsule. So it's like, these are songs I actually liked, pulled from albums, because... I stopped listening to the radio, so I don't get any radio play anymore. Right. It's just songs that I find via albums or yeah. people tell me about. Um, it, it's funny that you say that because because of this show, I have now starting this, this year, I've started listening to radio again. So that way I can more engage with the Billboard charts that yeah. we do. So that way I'll actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> because when we did this last year, every week I was saying, I don't know what that is. <laughs> And I wanted to stop doing that. Well, yeah, well, I listened to it on YouTube. It was like, yeah. oh my gosh, this song. Ugh, oh. Yeah. oh, the White Horse. Oh, oh The Undertaker. Oh, oh Robles. Oh. But no, I get what you're saying. Uh, but no, yeah, um, I can see like one or two of these songs making it on my playlist. Now, yeah. granted, Midland has like seven of their songs on my playlist. From their album Let It Roll, which I will still continue to go back to and yeah. may even be my number one album, as I we'll mentioned. See. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but, I mean, even uh, Carly Jepsen has three songs off her mm-hmm. album that made it onto my playlist. Yeah. Uh, this I can see probably two. Uh, the one I'm, I'm going to shout out is I'm Going to Be, because when I hit that song, that's when it realized that, oh, wait, I'm actually paying attention to Post Malone. <laughs> I'm actually liking what he's saying. I'm actually, like, invested in this song rather than it just passing by me. Right. But, oh, the album is good. This album will be number one. I don't know if it's going to stay number one because we're going to see what other albums come out. But this thing may be what Taylor Swift was looking for. In terms of having a hit album. Yeah. Or a record charting album. She is not the same artist she used to be, I think. Unfortunately. What we're we're seeing now. Yeah. It's it's her, as I said with Dave Chappelle, her spotlight is kind of like dimming down. Others are kind of like starting to grow. Yeah, I think that's true. But we'll see how the rest of the year goes. All right. Is it time to move on to video games? I think it's time for video games. Unless you listen to anything. No. Not a note. Okay, that was kind of <laughs> abrupt. Thank you. Because <laughs> I want to move on. Let's go. All video right. Adventure games. games. Okay, we always start video games with the new releases. New releases. Just uh, a handful. Uh, but there's a killer one in here. Yep. Uh, that killer one being Damon X Machina I for mean, the if Switch. If you like neck games and you have a Switch, then yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, we also have Al. I mean, AI. <laughs> the, the, the Somnium. When files. I typed that, I was kind of hoping that you would call it Al. <laughs> You're welcome. Al. No, it's AI. Al. The Somnium Files <laughs> for the PlayStation Switch and PC. <laughs> and lastly, the game we will be playing. Yes. The game. We will be streaming yeah. come tomorrow at 9 p.m. So, well, if see. you want to watch it, well, I will be. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So, if you want to watch us stream Borderlands 3, Matt, where can they watch that? Twitch.tv slash Mediaboat. I thought you were going to say Mediaboat. Twitch.tv slash Mediaboat. At, uh, I'll go live approximately five minutes till. Uh, to watch the countdown go. <laughs> but Borderlands 3 is coming starting tomorrow. I'll be playing that. And then any chance I get over the weekend, I'll be playing yeah. and streaming that. That is the new game that will be taking over my TV when football is not on. Yeah, that's my plan for Saturday. I don't have anything going on on Saturday. So my plan is Borderlands 3. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, I have a football game on Sunday to go to. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, I'm taking the doctor out on Saturday. I think I might be able to do some swing stuff in the morning or at night. We'll but I will definitely be playing some Borderlands 3. We'll be streaming it. Uh, but that will also be the game we'll be talking about next yeah, week. so we'll uh, report back with our thoughts. Uh, but, yeah, all you need to know going in is that we are big fans of the franchise. We played the hell out of those first two games. And um, I did. And then you played uh, Borderlands, or Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, brief. I played a little bit of it. I never went back to finish it. But, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, those for those first two games are amazing. I am of the mind that the first game's a little better than the second game. I'm, the second I'm game on the mind that the second game's has, a little bit better than the first game. Hmm, uh, the second game has does some things that I wasn't a fan of uh, compared to the first one. Um, and the third one seems like it picks up exactly for the second one started. So we'll see how it works out. That being said, I will still purchase it because I know I will get hours and hours of entertainment. That's exactly so, why I'm buying it. Because those games, they, those games are long, and they reward you for second playthroughs even. So it's a, and loot, and you can't argue with the carrot on the stick. That is better loot. You can also argue with the fact that there is mission after mission after mission yeah. after side mission after side mission. Yes. I went. I started actually going back and playing Borderlands Two a couple of weeks ago. I had to start a new character because PS4 yeah. had to transfer over. Yeah. Um, I started a siren. Holy crap! The siren's OP. Yeah. I didn't realize that the first time I played a Mechromancer my first way through, and going back as a siren, I'm like, this seems easier. I played <laughs> as Zero the first time through, yeah. and then I played Mechromancer the second time through. Mechromancer's rock. And I just kept through the Mechromancer, and I yeah. realized that wait. I can just keep throwing out the mech. I don't have to wait till I'm like near death every single time. Yeah, like, it just I made it so much easier. Another thing I have to do before Friday though is I have to really think about what what class I'm gonna be. Ah uh, yes. I'm gonna do, do do some research. I already know what class I'm gonna be. Okay. Well, don't tell me. Don't influence my pick. Yeah. Okay. Because I will want to try to be something that you're not, so that we don't. Apparently, um, the there will be more game. dialogue options. Okay. So whatever character you pick will have more interactive dialogue than previous games. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, like I said, we'll uh, we'll get back to you guys next week about that. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, but we're still in this week, though. Still in this week. Unfortunately, Borderlands is not in our hands, so we can't play no, with we it. Can't we can't do it yet. discuss it. So, we must discuss the news and stuff that actually happened. We must. Um, hey, remember we talking about Apple uh, had their big press conference? Yeah, well, they didn't only talk about television. Yeah, they talked about phones. Yeah, but they didn't only talk about television and phones. <laughs> uh, they talked about uh, the iPad. But they also... Talked about video games. What? Video? Apple doesn't do video games. Well, guess what they do now. Uh, yes, uh, the Apple Arcade. The uh, Apple shared new details regarding its all you can eat, all you can Apple, yeah, all you can eat. Yeah. All you can eat of the Apple Arcade subscription service. Yeah. Uh, on Tuesday, and that included confirming a release date of September nineteenth. Hey. Only a couple days. That's a week away. It's a week away. Uh, that's September nineteenth. Also, by the way, is when the new iPhone releases as well. Yeah, what do you know? Um, they also have a price point set at also four ninety nine a month. Yes. Uh, so if you get both uh, Apple Arcade and Apple TV that Plus, equals ten dollars. That's the ten dollars a month subscription <laughs> yeah. they're talking about. Turns out. Um, the company also announced. It will have a free one-month trial, so you won't have to cough up any cash uh, to check it out for yourself. The presentation also showed off three exclusives from Konami, Capcom, and Annapurna Interactive. Konami, bringing back Frogger, kicking it old school, yeah. uh, with a new game developed by Q Games. Frogger will... Use items like bombs to clear obstacles and can turn into Super Frogger. Super Frogger. Super Frogger. <laughs> uh, Capcom debuted Shinsekai. Shinsekai. God bless you. Into the depths. <laughs> uh, I, I can get this. It is Shinsekai. Into the Depths, okay. which is an underwater exploration game. Whereas Annapurna Interactive gave us something easier to pronounce. <laughs> In Sayonara Wild Hearts, uh, all of these will be available for the service day one, mm -hmm. which means the 19th, which means in one week we can play them. Yeah. And hey, we may have more video games to talk about. So a couple of notes about this. Uh, first note is is that the, this is going to apply to Apple devices, including iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, and eventually Mac OS. Okay. So that means uh, the September 19th date, that's when phones and Apple TV, uh, phones, iPad, and Apple TV get it. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to start playing this library of games. So beyond the ones that they announced there, there's a bigger list that you can find online. Uh, but there's also, they've confirmed 100 games will be eventually on this service. So they'll start trickling them out as the weeks go on, presumably right. after that team. As for Mac users like me, uh, October, so next month, mm -hmm. you'll be able to access the Apple Arcade stuff on your Mac. So. Uh, though you will need the new upcoming Catalina update to OS X. In order to do that, just a warning, the Catalina update will remove all compatibility for 32-bit apps. Apple <gasps> has been threatening this for a while. I keep getting notifications every time I open freaking Audacity that yes. there's, it's not updated for 64-bit. 
Uh, so eventually, I will have to go to Audacity site and download the system for version. <laughs> as as of that uh, installation of Catalina, I will no longer be able to use any thirty-two bit apps. Oh no! It that shouldn't really affect much. But uh, yeah, you uh, say that now. But yeah, so uh, it's really a neat idea what they're doing with the Apple Arcade, and I think it'll be uh, bring the new attention to mobile games that hadn't been there before. Now, even though you're going to play this, maybe, maybe, on a Mac or an iMac or whatever, MacBook Pro, MacBook, <laughs> yeah. those are still not touchscreen. Right. So it, presumably, the developers will have to keep that in mind because it will be the same list of 100 games for all of these, all of these platforms. Well... I guess if they have the Apple TV, they have a remote that they right. can use. So they already have to keep that in mind as well. Mm -hmm. And the Apple remote is not, like, movable. No, but it does have, like, a touchpad equivalent. Right. So there is a touchscreen-esque interface on that thing. Right. I don't have it. But there's no, like, infrared sensor, bubble. No, there's no wand, motion sensing. Motion sensing. There's no motion sensing in that. Okay. Well, that... Okay, we'll see, but... That won't happen until October. For Mac. For but Mac. For September, yeah, you'll you'll get them on your iPhone. You're right. Okay. Thanks. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so that was announced. Five dollars. Um, if you have five dollars to spend or want to add it to your new Apple credit card. Yeah. That's also a thing. Well, we knew that was a thing, but <laughs> that's a thing. They're it's, a bank now. It's real now. Yeah. Are they? They're they're whatever whatever. All right, that's Apple. Moving on, Nintendo or Switch, Nintendo. Yeah, both, Nintendo Switch. All of the above. Well, since it's a follow the, up from last week. Yeah, since Nintendo, the Nintendo Switch Online service launched last September, Nintendo has added a handful of new NES titles to the console each month. Going forward, however, it appears classic games will come more sporadically. In a statement to a business insider, a Nintendo representative said, uh, quote, More NES games will be added in the future, but those releases will not adhere to a regular schedule. The same will hold true for SNES titles. More Super NES games will be added after launch, but those releases will not adhere to a regular schedule. This seems like they're just going to put out games whenever they feel like it. Yeah. I included this because I think with the, all the excitement about the Super NES stuff being added on, there was an assumption by a lot of people. It's like, oh, shoot, they're going to add these monthly like they did with the NES games. And so they've come out to kind of say, like, eh, hold your horses. That's not going to necessarily be true. Because I imagine that the team that was cranking those out is now spread across both of those platforms. Mm -hmm. And now it's going to be a little... A little more, give them more, a little more time to flesh out those releases. Well, also, those are finite catalogs. They're not going to put yeah. out new SNES no. games. No, but what they NES have been games. doing, though, with the NES stuff is that they've been doing, like, special saves of existing games. So you'll have regular Metroid, and you'll also have an icon for Metroid that starts you out with all the bosses already, like, all the bosses ready to beat, hmm. and stuff like that. So... They'll have, they have creative ways of, like, freshening it up. Also, they've added online play to a lot of the multiplayer games. Okay. So, for example, Super, the Super NES stuff they just launched, you can play Super Mario Kart against your online friends. Yay! So it's like, there is new elements, so it's they do need a team to be there to do new stuff, 
But for the most part, you're right. For the most part, all of these are just games that already exist that they're emulating. Okay. So yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they add, though. Uh, even though if it's going to come shorter, I'm still uh, looking forward to seeing what other SNES games they've got. Because I did try that out this week. I played a bunch of Super NES games on the Switch, and pretty cool. Also, I uh, tried um, the new mode in Tetris 99. Oh, well. Invictus. Well, since you brought that up, that goes into thoughts. You play video yeah, games. Yeah, just real brief. Uh, it's not real full thought. But yeah, the Invictus mode is the new mode in Tetris 99. It's uh, basically if you've qualified, which is if you've won number one in Tetris. Um, which you have. Which I have. Congratulations. I totally won once. Um, still counts. Then you are allowed to play Invictus. I still won more than me. If, yeah, th- th- you're allowed to play Invictus even if you've won only once. So yeah, like I played it got creamed. <laughs> I was like 64th place. So, so yeah, it's hard. Uh, so it's there. For the if you want a challenge and if the regular mode's not hard enough for you, okay, that's it. That's all. Okay, um, I've been playing more Pokemon Masters. I dropped completely off of that thing. I haven't touched it in a week. Um, I've been playing <laughs> that every day. Wow. Uh, my uh, Piplup, I got Piplup. Piplup to evolve. Yeah. These Pokemon can evolve. Yeah, that's what the story missions are for. Yeah. Uh, well, you have to get to a certain level, but yeah. yeah. They evolve. I got mine to evolve, and holy hell, that helped so much. I bet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, there have a couple events going on right now simultaneously. One is still the Gary event. Uh, another one is a new rock event, a rock and fighting specific event. So you have to be kind of into the game in order to get that uh, fighting Lucario. Yeah. Uh, but I have just cleared route six, five. Mm-hmm. Mission five, mission okay. six story, but no, it's I I like it. It's good. Um, I'll continue to play this until I eventually beat either the story mode or hit the paywall cap. Mm-hmm. So far, that hasn't happened yet. I'm pretty sure you can play this without hitting the paywall. But then again, I said the same thing about Marvel Strike Force, and then like two weeks later, I hit that paywall with a stupid event. And then, like, a month later, I completely dropped off of that. So, who knows? We still have, like, three months left of the year yeah. for this to happen. Uh, but, no, I've been playing that and um, still the It's Always Sunny clicker game. Okay. Uh, because they have weekly events on that. So, I've been having fun doing those. But that's what I've been playing in terms of, like, new stuff. All right. Um, and you've been playing that, and we have been the Media Boat Podcast. Yeah, that'll wrap it up then. That's it for video games. That's oh, it for the podcast. I have been playing another game. Okay. Fantasy football. That's not a video game. That's it for the Media Boat Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. That's a game on we'll my phone be back I've been playing. Next, next week to not talk about fantasy football, <laughs> but we'll be talking about Borderlands 3 and all sorts of other fun stuff. So stay tuned and join us uh, for that show. If you want to see us live, we're on YouTube. Search YouTube for Media Boat Podcast and you'll find our page. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, get subscribed to our uh, our uh, channel, and then you'll get notifications when we go live. That's how cool we are. Then if you don't want to see our faces, you can also listen to us on uh, podcast form. We are uh, Media Boat Podcast on most of the podcast services that you already subscribe to. So yep. give us a search and hook us up. Uh, and you'll uh, get our um, previous episodes of our show as well. So, uh, cool stuff. All 190-ish episodes. All 190 of them. 
Uh, you can also uh, join us when we stream video games on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. As we said, we'll be uh, streaming some uh, Borderlands this weekend. Um, so stay tuned for that. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at mediaboatcast. On Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast and find our page. Like it. Comment on it. Give us some feedback. And if you want us to give us even more direct feedback, mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com is an email address that you can email us. We read it. We check it every day. I get notifications on my phone when people send stuff to it. So please Yay. consider emailing us and uh, giving us uh, feedback and ask us questions and maybe we'll read them on air. And that'll be it except for one more thing. Patreon.com slash MediaBoat is where you can go on to help us out with money. This uh, costs some money to host a podcast, so please consider donating. Uh, as little as a dollar a month can still help us, so consider even the chumpest of change uh, to give to your local uh, favorite podcast. So uh, that'll be it for this week. We'll be yeah. back next week. And my voice is giving out. We'll be back <laughs> podcasting next Bye. Wednesday. We'll be live yes. Twitch streaming tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, for Borderlands, please check us out. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we will yeah. see you next week. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.